Our New Testament passage comes from the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 11, 1 through 3, and 8 through 16. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. Indeed, by faith our ancestors received approval. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he set out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he stayed for a time in the land he had been promised, as in a foreign land living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him to the same promise. For he looked forward to the city that he has for he looked forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith he received power of procreation. I wish the same for the two of you. <laughs> Even though he was too old, and Sarah herself was barren, because he considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one person, and this one as good as dead, Descendants were born, as many as the stars of heaven, as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. All these died in faith without having received the promise. But from a distance, they saw and greeted them. They confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on earth. For people who speak in this way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land that they had left behind, they would have had the opportunity to return. But, as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Indeed, he has prepared a city for them. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God within us, and for the word of God amongst us, thanks be to God. So... I wonder who blessed your backpack years ago. Maybe you didn't have a, a service like this. Maybe there wasn't a liturgy. But somebody blessed your backpack. Someone the day before school or the morning the first day of school wished you well, was excited about your new teacher and who you would meet in your class. We had these people who, who prepared us, prepared us for the year to come. And they were excited for us. They believed in us. They knew that this would be a great year for us, that we were capable of so much. And that's what they called on, so much for us. I know I had people do it in my life. When I uh, give a blessing to my kids for, for their school year, I know what it's like to be a kid in school. I remember what it was like to be a third grader and to be a kindergartner. And I know the things that I valued from that time, the people that I valued from that time. And I hope that they have those experiences and those people as well. 
I also know the experiences that I do not wish on them. And I don't wish on any kid. And in my blessing, I hope these things for them. And I'm sure my parents did the same thing for me. That they remembered back to when they were in elementary school, when they were going into junior high, when they were going into high school. And the memories that they had helped shape the blessing that they gave to me. And I hope that my grandparents, at least three of them, did the same thing for my parents. That they cared about what was going to happen this next year. And that's how blessings work. Blessings are not something that we conjure up ourselves. Blessing is not something that we're born with. We've got an X amount of blessings that, that, we, that we have, or uh, we're recreating blessings as we go. We give blessings because somebody blessed us. It's something that's passed down. And in this letter, this letter is a letter to the Hebrew people. And throughout this letter, it's this reminder of their ancestors, those who came before them. And the good things that ha happened through them, the good things that happened to them, the good way that they lived. And this letter is calling these people to a similar blessing, that the blessing that their ancestors have, that they would have also, that it's their time. Others have come before you, and now it's yours. Blessing is about passing on something that is good. But I would imagine that some of the blessings that were given to you, in hindsight, ended filling up a bit of like a curse and not a blessing. Maybe not a curse, but a spell. A spell that was put on you from somebody else so that you would become somebody. Maybe it was a spell so that you would become the person that that person wanted to be when they were your age. Maybe it was a spell to be just like they are. For some of us, we received these spells that sounded like a blessing, but were spells so that we wouldn't be anything at, at all like that person, that things would be different for us. Whatever it is, it was this thing that didn't empower us. It didn't free us. It didn't lift us up, but it weighed us down. It didn't give us the strength to for the journey that was ahead of us, but it made us question if we were even going in the right direction. It felt like we were supposed to be somebody that wasn't us. And this blessing tells this story. This story of this couple that wants to get pregnant and doesn't get pregnant until they're late in life. The writer says that they were practically dead. And that the blessing transferred from this couple to their child. But the blessing wasn't for the couple. 
It wasn't so this child would, would grow up to be who they thought it would be and, and they'd be able to live vicariously through this child. It wouldn't be so that all their hard work and dedication and sacrifice, that they would be able to see it uh, play out. No, they died. They were gone. And it wasn't about them. The blessing belonged to this individual. And then the blessing moved on from that person to that person's child. When we pray a blessing for someone, the blessing isn't to get them to be like us. The blessing is theirs for them to take. This passage talks a lot about this land that is to come. The Abraham and Sarah, Sarah were promised this land. And it gives this line. It said, all these, all those who this land was promised to, they died. And they died without having received that promise. That promise didn't come to fruition in their life. However, it says, from a distance, they saw it and it greeted them. I think about a lot of people that are uh, my grandparents' age, or a little bit older, or a little bit younger. And the land that they hoped for, they don't see. And a lot of them have given up on the land that they've hoped for, and they'll settle for the land that was. This, if we can make it great again, at least how it was before. I've given up on things getting better, but can we at least revert to how things were? Because back then, things worked out well for people like me. And we feel like we're doing something wrong if, if we're not fully experiencing this blessing. I've thought a lot lately about revolution and evolution. About the work that we do that we're trying to make a difference. In revolution, change happens quickly. Oftentimes change happens, it seems like overnight. One person is in charge today and then tomorrow somebody else is in charge. One regime is in charge this day, the other day this regime's in charge. One day this flag is flying and the next day another flag is flying. And that all our hard work has come to fruition. All the fighting overnight goes from fighting to celebrating in the street. And we celebrate as we pull old statues down and we start building new statues. We've seen, we've been able to experience the blessing, the fruit of our labor. But with any historical study, especially on France, you know that revolution doesn't always last. That oftentimes one revolution is followed by another revolution after another revolution after another revolution. 
But evolution is the opposite. Both are about change. But evolution is slow. And evolution is a lot less satisfying than revolution. Evolution is the belief that the good work that I'm doing today will have benefits for the generation after me and the generation to become. That I'm not doing the good work so that I'm going to benefit from it. But so it will last. I think this is one of the honors of being a part of a tradition. This is why I wanted to be a pastor. This is why I, I, I signed up and, and essentially pledged myself to a tradition. It's because others have worked before me. Others have worked so that we could gather here. The interesting thing is, what we're going to do on October 27th is because of people who would hate the idea of something called Faithfully Queer. Yet because of their work, because of their generosity, things that they don't think is good, but what this generation knows is good, is going to happen. I hope that you have people in your life that gave you a blessing. A blessing that started with your name. A blessing that was thought of you personally. That it was a gift for you. There weren't strings attached. The text talks of what Abraham received as an inheritance. I hope your blessing is like an inheritance. That whoever raised it, whoever created it, whoever carried that blessing, they're gone. And they've given it to you. And you are the steward of this blessing. It's with your wisdom, your experience, your truth, that you decide how you'll use this inheritance, how you'll use this blessing. If there aren't people like that in your life, this scripture says to you that God has set out a path for you and that you know what that path is. And I pray that we would be people, that we would be people to those kids next door, that our blessing wouldn't be to mold them in the woven way that it wouldn't be to mold them in the Biasel Moshrafi tradition, but instead it would empower them. Empower them to use the resources that they have, that God has given them, to do great and wonderful and beautiful things. And that our job as a community is to guard them against anybody who would try and make them be anything other than who they truly are. Amen. One of the ways in which we, we practice this is these baskets on the table. These baskets are empty, reminding us that this tradition doesn't continue unless we contribute to it.
that it requires what we have in order to move it forward. We are invited to use what is ours to pass it forward. And so these baskets are on the table to remind us that they will stay empty unless we, I, us, put something in them. Put in our finances, put in our time, put in our creativity. And so what I'd like us to do is I'd like us to stop. And I'd like us to listen. With what we've been given, with what we've been blessed with, how then can we be a blessing to others? How then can we be a blessing to this community? Not to get what we want out of it, but so others can get what they need.